Kia ora Aotearoa, I'm Zoe George and this is a bonus episode of The Podium. Sports news but not as you know it from Stuff. We had an amazing chat with Rugby World Cup referee Maggie Kuga-Or. She hails from near Toronto in Canada but moved here in 2014. She's been rugby mad since her early teenage years which was where we started our conversation before covering off her funniest moments on the field, who's more difficult to ref, and how refing could be the perfect way to get more women involved in rugby from the grassroots up. Kia Maggie. Welcome to the podium. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's so wonderful uh, to have you on. So I have to start by asking, why rugby? <laughs> and I think it's some, one of those things um, in your life you reflect and you're like, wow, it was really sort of one small decision that just like totally changed the trajectory of where I ended up. And honestly, it was like I just happened to go to a rugby, a rugby high school really in Canada where no one really knows a lot about rugby. And I went to a very small high school, you know, 450 people. But it just happened that the lady who coached the girls team at my high school was, you know, a former national team player, Jen Boyd. Um, and she turned up one day when I was playing boys football and was like, well, any any girl who's, you know, keen to play boys football will be great on the rugby field. Like, you, you're coming to play for me in the spring. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't even know what this is. You know, 13 years old. And yeah, I mean, honestly, like one decision when you're you're 13 and here I am quite a few quite a few years later. Here you are. So you started off as a player. When did that transition into refereeing happen? So I did a little bit of refereeing during university just to be you know make beer money to be totally honest. Uh, you <laughs> could rock up on a Wednesday and ref a you know under 15 and under 18 game back to back and walk away with 100 bucks cash and I thought oh, I was it's a pretty good gig. I could, I could get among this. And then took it a little bit more seriously sort of um, when I was like 20, 21, because I had two knee surgeries. So I had an ACE, two ACL reconstructions. And so yeah, like in in between the uh, reconstructions, I did a, a, a club season where I, I wasn't allowed to play, but I was allowed to run. So I thought, oh, I'll just ref, and, you know, keep, keep busy on my Saturdays. And, you know, I had had a few people say, you know, hey, you're pretty good at this, you should give this a go, but 20, not quite ready to give up the ghost of uh, being a player myself. So I sort of said, oh, I think I'll just play till I'm 25 and then have a bit of a, a reassess, a reevaluate about where I'm at. Um, and if I'm not, you know, on the senior national team at 25, then I'll give refing a go. Obviously, at that point, little did I know I'd end up in New Zealand. But yeah, you know, got to New Zealand, uh, played some club rugby up here, um, with College Rifles in Auckland, won the Coleman Shield, which is our big premier competition, uh, and turned 25, and I thought, mm, okay, well, I said, I said I'd try, so just rocked up to a referee meeting, basically, and was like, oh, I'm here, here we go. And was that was that pathway supportive of you? Because we do not see, we see a lot of men's rugby, we don't see a lot of women's referees, mm. um, but we're seeing more now. And uh, I think the World Cup, there's 18 match officials and all the referees are women, nine, nine women. I was like, yes. So what's that pathway been like? Has it been supportive? Has it been difficult? I think, to be honest, like it, it's been very supportive. I think all of New Zealand rugby recognise that it's an area that you know we are lacking in ac- across um, not just women representation, but certainly like our Pacifica and Maori representation of our referees like we're certainly lacking in diversity in that space and again I I don't think that's intentional I think it's just sort of the way it's always been and really again the goal I think of the rugby community is that our match officials are representative of the people of the people that they're refereeing and our you know our players in terms of strongest groups of players quickest growing we're looking at Maori Pacifica women these are our biggest Mm. most supportive stakeholders of the game 
And so we certainly want to see them represented in our match officials because it is a separate pathway. Um, it does require some different skills, but it is something that, you know, we want people to think, oh, actually, I could could do that. And that I think that also would help match officials be more included in the rugby community because when they, they look like you and they, they've come from where you've come from, it's easier to connect with them. Whereas sometimes right now, I think it's a little bit of an us and them environment with match officials and players. They sort of, um, we can sometimes feel like that. But What's the best thing about being a referee? Oh, this is, okay, this is really corny. And I'm the first to admit it is corny <laughs> because it sounds like a, a tagline from an infomercial. But it, it genuinely gives you the best seat in the house. Like you could not ask for a better seat. You know, you are meters if you get it wrong, inches, centimeters um, away from these collisions, from these passes, from these just incredible, obviously, you know, at all different levels, these incredible athletes. Um, and to, to get to see things from that perspective and from that distance is just phenomenal. You know, like to get to be on field and watch someone like Ruby Tui score these tries. And, he, you know, it's, it's just something that money couldn't buy that you know like there's there's no seat in Eden Park that's going to offer you a better seat than being in the middle with the whistle and the other thing for me personally I think is when you get to be the ref you you go across a bunch of grades you know like I've had the opportunity to ref you know women's Fair Palmer Cup but I've also had the opportunity to ref Heartland you know in like rural you know why rap a bush like I've had first 15 you've, you know so you get access to a lot more as a referee because you're not limited by what grade you belong in uh, as a player you you get access to a lot more stuff so I think it's it's just the experiences are, are incredibly diverse and incredibly exciting. What's the worst thing about being a referee? <laughs> oh, I mean, there's, there's a few. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, again, like it's, <laughs> it, it is something that particularly at a community level, like it can be quite lonely. You know, like if you're out on a Saturday refing club rugby in Auckland, until you get to that premier level where you have two assistant referees, you are generally by yourself. Um, which is tough. I mean, it's tough to be in the middle and, and, and every now and then have any decision you make you're going to upset half the people on the field. So, you know, there, there is, there's some downsides in the sense of like, yeah, you know, no one wants to be disliked. No one wants people to think like, oh, I've just ruined this person's day, which can be tough. But I think, and, and honestly, like I, so I come from a school teaching background and, and that's my big thing is like, it's, it's such a great life skill though, to, to have to put up with some of that stuff and have to be put in those positions where you are making some tough decisions and you're having to sort of stand up for yourself. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a downside, some of the sort of negative interactions that you might have. But yeah, the silver lining is like the, the life skills and the opportunity to have personal growth are, are pretty immense that come from that. We'll get to the uh, to the school teaching shortly, <laughs> uh, but what's harder to ref, men's or women's rugby? This is they're very different. So this is we, we I've had this question before, um, and actually like like so f- purely obviously from like a biology physics point of view, like men's rugby has bigger collisions because you've got bigger human beings moving at a slightly faster speed. So in terms of the collisions that are happening, everything is happening a little bit quicker. In terms of the, so in refereeing, we'll call it management, which is sort of about your interactions with other people. Um, I genuinely think women's rugby is harder to referee because I'm going to be honest with you. Most men, I think deep down, are used to being told what to do by a woman. Most women (laughs) don't like being told what to do by anybody. So there is genuinely, I think... um, I often find men quite easy to manage. You know, you get over the first 10 minutes and then they go, okay, it's just not worth it. Like, she, she's the boss, I've moved on. Women, there's never a point, I think, where they, they're just sort of abiding you for a few minutes, but they've never really gotten to the point where they think you're the boss. I'm like, I'm crying right now because it's yeah, so Yeah, 100%. Um, <laughs> okay, then how's this? 
Who's easier to handle, rugby players or teenagers, since you're a high school teacher? Oh, so again, I think, so I teach at an all-girls school, so I'm, I'm probably like, ge- generally, the players. The players are a lot you, you more used to being told what to do, I think. Um, but there's a lot of crossover, to be totally honest. Anytime I've got, gotten a game on TV and, you know, you have to have a bit of the chat with someone of being like, that's enough. The people that work at a school will go, oh yeah, that's a, that's a teacher voice. That's, you can hear the teacher voice coming out there and being like, and we found the line. No more coming from you. So I think there's a, there's a big crossover in skills. But yeah, honestly, teenagers, anyone who has a teenager or is around teenagers know that they're probably the most challenging group to work with, to be honest. <laughs> What's the funniest thing that's happened to you on field? Oh, I mean, funny for me or funny for other people? I mean, certainly like <laughs> earlier in the year, um, I absolutely got cleaned up by a player and I, my feet left the ground. I was genuinely airborne, which like, I actually don't know how I didn't hurt myself. Uh, but luckily, it didn't hurt myself, blew my whistle, dusted myself off, off we went. I mean, it just so happened that a friend of mine was filming, so uh, that had like a little mini mini round on the old social media, which was not funny for me personally, but funny for those around me. You always get some good quips from the players, to be fair. I've had a prop offer to buy me like $40 of Burger King if I called a preseason game early because he was so knackered. He was so <laughs> tired. He's like, I will literally take you to Burger King if you call this game. I was like, you got 25 minutes to go, mate. Like, it's a long time. I can't call the game early. <laughs> so, yeah, front rows probably normally give you the best banter, even though maybe the halfbacks are the ones that talk the most. The uh, the tidies up front are probably the ones who actually have the best the best chat. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. And I, I must admit, I have actually really appreciated the talk with the referees and the players during this this Rugby World Cup and just the way that it's said. Like, I was watching the game against Scotland and, and Wales the other day, which was, like, super scrappy, and they were getting in a bit of a fight on the sideline, and the ref just calmly called them over and was just, just calm down, just calm down. And it was fascinating because Scotland went, hell no, and then just got stuck in. Um, it was just – but I just found it – I found it incredibly approachable. It was like there's no BS-type – situation we're not going to take any crap but we're going to do it in a way that is not going to cut anyone down and I just thought that that was um it was really nice it was really lovely I thought what yeah what's your ethos when it comes to refereeing like do you ever you said you pulled out the teacher voice like how often does that come out oh it's pretty rare I think it's probably been a shift I would say in the refereeing space if you look at sort of old videos of refereeing it was very much like I'm the boss you're the player you know, like there's a clear hierarchy of how we're sitting here. And I think obviously, you know, human nature, like no one wants to feel like someone is talking down to them, someone's patronizing them. So 99% of the time it's like, we're actually not going to get the best set of people. Like at the end of the day as a referee, it's like, I'm, you know, I want to work with someone to make sure that we're getting the best out of it. It's like, I don't really want to boss you around if I don't have to. So yeah, I think it's a balancing act to make sure it's like, listen, um, you know, I will treat you with respect, but if you don't treat me with respect at some point, you know, a line is going to have to be drawn here. Um, and, and I think that's probably when the teacher voice comes out, when you're like, mm, you're now starting to blatantly disregard what I've told you to do, or you're doing something potentially that you know is illegal. You know, you always get those ones where you're like, I know exactly what you just did. Don't do that. You know, it's a bit of a, oh, thought I could get away with it, didn't get away with it. Okay, now we move on. But, mm. you know, I th- I th- and I think that's the thing is we get better out of people when they think, oh, she's is she she doesn't think less of me. She's not trying to be the boss of me. She's just... She's just here because she's got to do a job and I've got to do a job. And that's, I think, most referees too. It's like we all appreciate that a captain's job is to challenge, is to is to try to milk every ounce of advantage they can get out of a game. And if that is coming and asking questions and that is sort of challenging you as a referee, like that's that's totally in their scope. 
again, as long as it's done in a way that, you know, is respectful and, you know, we're not getting into name calling and things that, you know, are not actually going to help anyone. Um, but it is funny because Clara, our Italian referee, who she's actually, she just dropped me off to come here. Uh, she uh, is probably, honestly, like, she's an ice cube. Like, we were even live. We were like, wow, just no, not even a bat of an eye. Like, just she is super cool, calm, and collected. So even all of us were like, whoa, she's done well here to just be an absolute even Stevens as these girls are just losing their minds at each other. But it's good. We need that. Sometimes you need the calming influence. When when temperatures get high, we, we talk about we need to be sort of calm, cool, and collected, and give everybody space to get their heads back on. Yeah. And um, I mean, I must admit, I watched all the games on the weekend. Uh, watching the players is one thing, but I, I do like to watch the refs. And you just, you're running back and forth and back and forth and you're in there and it's like, how many kilometers a game are you running? My goodness, it looks exhausting. Yeah, so honestly, I think the most I've ever done, men's or women's, was I had um, when the Black Ferns played Japan the other week and it was like the Porsche Woodman show. And I, I did almost nine kilometers, which is, I mean, I, and I swear to God, about five of them were chasing Porsche and Ruby on the edges, to be totally <laughs> honest with you. On an average game, you'd probably do five or six. Again, some of that's sideways running, some of it's lateral, some of it's, you know, so you're sort of walking and moving. But yeah, you'd be, it's one of those things you'd be surprised how many Ks you cover until you sort of actually wear a GPS unit around it. And yeah, certainly if you get a big high scoring game, uh, you get your, get your steps in, absolutely get your steps in. Wow. How do you train for that? Do you just go on big runs? It's a lot of not long running because, again, it, we sort of look at rugby and it's like, well, as a referee, very rarely do I just constantly run. So we do a lot of sort of mixed interval training, you know, run for a minute, 30 seconds off, run for two minutes, 30 seconds off, you know, so sort of mixed interval training. Obviously, compared to players, a lot there's no contact training. Like I don't, again, if I'm doing my job, I don't get hit. Uh, so there's not too much <laughs> risk about any of that. So a lot of sort of, yeah, like agility under fatigue, making sure we've got the sort of capacity, speed capacity to sort of continuously accelerate. A few long runs, you can't sort of get away from a little bit of aerobic base, but, you know, we try to make sure that we, so we had training today and like we'll play touch to warm up and then we'll do some training and then we'll play touch to finish. Or we brought a cricket set today that was a big hit. We were teaching the uh, non-cricket countries about cricket, so that was a, that went down a treat. Everyone had a good time today. For those heading to Auckland uh, for the Rugby World Cup, where should we go get some lunch? <laughs> Ooh, oh man, that's tough. I'm a brunch girl myself, like I love... I love a brunch. Uh, so depending on where you are, certainly, again, we're here in Ponsonby. Um, I've just dropped off some of the international referees to have a wander and get some lunch down here. Um, so personally, a little, little off the beaten track, but down Hearn Bay, end of Ponsonby, Five Loaves Eatery. They do a very good chicken Caesar wrap. Would highly recommend. Anywhere in Ponsonby. I mean, it's, it's tough to find a bad bad bite to eat in Ponsonby. Ponsonby Central, great place to start. About six or seven restaurants right in there. Only about 10 minutes to go to Eden Park, down a hill and up great place to get some food before or have come for a dinner after amazing yes well I will be up there um in the next few weeks for the semi-finals and the finals where will you be at the final where will you be well I guess if it's New Zealand you can't ref can you exactly so we you know we always want um obviously the other Kiwi referee here who's Lauren Jenner uh, this is a a constant dilemma for her because she refs on the seven circuit and I mean 99 times out of 100 the Black Ferns are in the sevens finals but uh, much like her, you know, I would always rather New Zealand be in a final than me be in the final, um, 100%. So ideally, I'd like to be maybe in a third or a fourth game. That would be a great spot for me to be, uh, you know, running touch, being involved, getting to be at Eden Park to see the girls. Again, like, I, I'm just I'm just stoked to be here, you know? I know that sounds very, yeah, trying to play it down, but genuinely, like, it's just such a cool opportunity to be here. And to be involved in the opening day in Eden Park was just phenomenal to to watch it all and listen it all and get to sit in the stands and watch the poi and 
just just absolutely something I will never forget. So it's all sort of gravy from here, I think. Like after <laughs> that, it's like it's all it's all bonus to to be any involved in anything. And yeah, I'm really hoping to not get to be involved in the final because I. Uh, I want to not be allowed to be. That would be the ideal outcome for me. Let's face it. Even though women have been playing rugby almost as long as men in New Zealand, there's still this kind of thing, this notion that rugby is a man's sport for men and it's it's still dominated by men and women's experiences and voices have been sidelined. And so at times it hasn't been welcoming to women. Mm. So how do we get women and girls into rugby and into refereeing in particular? Yeah, I think it's very true. Like it still can feel like quite a a male dominated space uh, at times. And I think like for me personally, like refereeing presents a great opportunity for women in the sense of it removes maybe some of the anxiety around the contact portion of being involved in rugby about the, oh, I'm going to get hurt. Um, or, you know, something's going to happen because it, it removes that element, obviously. And I think the biggest thing for me, and this is totally anecdotal, like I don't actually know this for a fact, I just think this. I think it, it really, for me, often comes down to the fact that a lot of women, it's the, oh, there's 10 things you need to be able to do and I only meet five of them, so I'm I'm not going to try. Men are like, oh, I've met two of them. Happy days. I'll put an application <laughs> in for that. You know, not stereotype. Not all men are like that. but um, And I think a lot of women that holds them back from refereeing, like a lot of women I talk to are like, oh, I couldn't couldn't do it. Not a, not a, I don't want to. It's a, oh, I couldn't, couldn't do it, which is frustrating because it's like, well, you could, a hundred percent. Like, you know, most Kiwis, it's like you've been watching rugby since you could open your eyes and sit in front of a TV. I'm confident you could referee a game of rugby. And the big thing is like, no one rocks up and automatically knows how to do it. Like, it's not like we expect you to turn up and already know how. So I think that's the big thing is, is getting your foot in the door and actually overcoming the first hurdle of like oh, it's going to be fine. Like, I'm not going to embarrass myself. And again, for a lot of our younger girls, I think that holds them back. You know, the, the fear of what your peers are going to think. Or again, because at any given point, 15 people in the field are not going to be that happy with you. <laughs> Which can be really hard for some of our younger people to have that sort of negative feedback. But like, I think it's it's such a great opportunity for young women in particular to develop that resilience piece. Like, that's a word thrown around a lot in education right now. But it is. It's a great chance to be like, actually, no, like, this is what it is. We're going to go with it. And you and it's every week you're getting to build that experience and you're getting to make some friends and you're getting to travel around even locally. And then at that at that sort of flip side of things, like I think personally, um, I don't have kids, but for me, it's a great opportunity if you were a mom and you wanted to be involved to find a way to be involved in rugby without having to commit to about 17 other things. Because it's like, well, there's no Tuesday training. There's no Thursday training. If you can go for a run with the pram, happy days. If you can't this week, it's not a big deal. You can say, hey, on Saturday, I can only ref at 9 a.m. Sweet. Turn up, ref the game, done at 10, home by 10.30. So I think like there's a great opportunity there for, for some of our mums to stay involved in rugby in a way that doesn't suck up a lot of time that they don't have. Um, you know, that that's a big thing for me is I think it would be a, an awesome way to, to ref your kid's team or to ref something that you're, you're already going to the ground. You know, you're already going to be there. Um, and just sort of putting yourself forward to be involved. And then sort of from a third point, we've got like, how do we get more of our black ferns? How do we get more of our NPC players to come over? Because that's obviously become a very common pathway in the men's game. You know, you've got your Glenn Jacksons, your Dan Wyingas. We've got some very talented referees who have come sort of directly from a playing pathway. Um, And New Zealand Rugby has just sort of started a scholarship program to try to attract women who are still playing at that level. And, And that's the big thing is like, how can we get, them to think, okay, maybe I'm coming to the end of my playing career. Instead of them all being like, well, I'm going to be a coach, I'm going to be an SNC, I'm gonna, you know, how can we steal a few of them to come back and be like, well, you've still, you've got a lot to give here. You're still, you know, a phenomenal athlete. You've got a great understanding of the game. Like, how can we get them 
to come to be a referee. And that's that's something that I don't have the answer to, but New Zealand rugby certainly recognise that that's something that we want. And again, I think most people, once we get them in, they're like, oh, this is, this is a lot of fun. You know, like, I actually really like this. Like, it's challenging. It's hard. But once we sort of get people over that first hurdle, a lot of them are like, oh, I wish I'd done this sooner. So yeah, and that's something that I think we, we've got a big responsibility as a current group of referees to do is to, to try to make sure that the next group coming through Maybe it is a little bit less male-centric. Maybe it is a little bit easier, um, but that we actually sort of nudge them along far enough that we get them get them going. And that's it for this bonus episode of The Podium. I'm Zoe George, and on behalf of Maggie Cougar or producers John O'Williams and Philippa Tolley and audio engineer Connor Scott, thanks for listening. You can get in touch with us now. Email thepodium at stuff.co.nz. We'll see you back here for our regular episode on Monday.